A reading from the 20th chapter of the Gospel according to John, beginning with verse 1. Early, on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved. And she said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid Him. Then Peter and the other disciples set out and went toward the tomb. The two were running together. But the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there. But he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings lying there and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the Scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid Him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. But she did not know it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing Him to be the gardener, she said to Him, Sir, if you have carried Him away... Tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not hold on to me, because I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that He had said these things to her. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I think it's probably true that we most often think of the resurrection stories as the end of the Gospels, because after all, they take place at the end of Gospels. And both Mark, Matthew, Luke, and John all tell these stories toward the end. And many are more likely to look back in the stories to focus on Jesus' teachings and miracles, His debates, and His signs as being the parts of the Gospels that really matter. They assume that the resurrection of Jesus is somehow secondary to Jesus. Only a way of validating what He said and did 
rather than being necessary because of who he was. They assumed that he was raised purely to make the things he said and did important. Now the resurrection does do these things. It does accomplish those things, but not those things alone. Worse, some assume that Christ's resurrection was a divine correction to a purely human action of killing Jesus, which dismisses any notion that the death of Jesus was the Father's plan or will. The resurrection is a scene as a correction of God's love over and against a death that God did not intend. If we take those views as the only credible understandings of the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus, we will stand in opposition to Scripture passages that contend that Jesus' crucifixion was a demonstration of God's love to us. And that the resurrection is a primary result of who Jesus was. Excuse me. Is. Who Jesus is. For St. Paul wrote to us in Romans, God demonstrates His own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And St. Peter in Acts said this, Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through Him, as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge. And you, with the help of wicked men, put Him to death by nailing Him to the cross, but God raised Him from the dead, freeing Him from the agony of death, And hear this, because it was impossible for death to hold him. And in the first chapter of Romans, Paul tells us this, that Jesus was declared to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness by resurrection from the dead. Christ died for us while we were still sinners. Which very likely includes today, even now, right now. Having submitted to death out of love for us, He was raised from the dead because He's the Son of God and because it was impossible for death to keep its grip on Him. But the problem was Mary Magdalene didn't know any of that. She thought Jesus was just dead. Like every other person she had ever seen crucified, she had no doubt He was not coming back. She thought Friday had been the end of her hope. Her hope, as far as she was concerned, was buried. Since the last time we celebrated this day of resurrection, we call Easter. Our world has seen much hurt. And in truth, I have seen much hurt. I had a smart aleck doctor tell me I had diabetes. I struggled 
with that diagnosis deeply. I'm glad to say that weight loss has reversed it. But it was deeply hurtful and I felt great disappointment. I struggled through issues in my personal relationships this year that I never saw coming. And I have, despite the encouragement of my wife and my closest friends and some of you, I still am not happy with myself and hardly ever happy with anything I do. I still remain my greatest critic. I have continued to be unable to be satisfied. And I suspect that I'm not the only person here today who has struggled through disappointment or been disappointed with yourself since we gathered last week, much less last year. I have needed to come here today and hear again the story of ultimate hope that flies in the faith of tyrannical death, despair, and disappointment. All those things that would steal the life from us. Like Mary, we may have found ourselves facing the tomb that our hope has been buried in and only been able to stand there and weep over it. And today we need to hear this story of God's unrelenting and indestructible love shown to us in the death and resurrection of Jesus because death could not hold God's love. I need this story of an end that was truly the beginning. What if the resurrection is the true beginning of the story and everything that came before was meant to prepare us for it, to enable us to live in this new story of life that our Father is creating for us? What if, like Thomas, we're supposed to encounter Jesus in this story of new beginning, of life yanked out of the mouth of death, and kneel before Him and say, My Lord and my God! It is the resurrection that makes Jesus' teachings, miracles, signs, His debates, His words, and everything He did. It is the resurrection that makes His demonstrations of love matter. Because it shows us that it was the heart of Almighty God that was in all of it. It is the loving death and resurrection of Jesus that sets His teaching above and beyond that of every other religious leader who has ever lived, every sociologist that could tell us everything we do wrong, every prophet who would ever speak to us about our faults, every counselor who would ever seek to help us, every shaman who would ever lead us towards some path of enlightenment. Jesus is set above all of them because His resurrection says He's the Son of God. And He loves us. All those people have attempted to teach us that living in love is better. But Jesus goes farther and shows us that His love, the love of God, is life. As in love, He dies our death, and in love is raised to new life. His resurrection, Peter says, is the cause of our new life, our new birth into a living hope. But poor Mary comes to the tomb while it's still dark. While it's still the end. While everyone believes that Jesus' presence 
Jesus' purpose, His teachings, and His cause to love have all been for nothing. That it no longer matters. Mary comes to the tomb in the midst of the deepest, darkest disappointment ever known. As far as she knows, Jesus is still dead. There was no doubt for her when she saw Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus struggle with his dead body to get it through the opening of the tomb. And according to Matthew, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary sat across from the tomb and watched as Jesus' body was wrapped in a cloth and prepared to rot. Mary had been there to see the fullness of darkness and disappointment fall on her. She saw Joseph roll the stone over to the opening of the tomb and the tomb sealed, which means ain't nobody coming out. It finalized her dread. It was all over. And despairs and tears came. The teachings she loved had come to naught. The miracles that she loved watching had come to naught. The grace she had experienced in her own life and in Jesus' acceptance of her had come to naught. It's not hard to imagine that she must have thought that nothing, nothing He said, nothing He did, or anything He was would ever matter again. It was Friday, sometime between 4 and 6 p.m. And as far as she was concerned, the world had plunged into the deafening darkness of fear and death. The deafening darkness of disappointment. That place where fear and death swirl around us with such violence that we believe there's nothing left in the world for us. And she had lost hope. She felt drowned and crushed. It was Friday. And Jesus, the one who had called Himself the light of the world, had been swallowed by the darkness of death. My gut feeling is that Mary thought this was the end of Jesus' story. I wonder if she thought about Jesus calling Lazarus from the tomb and wonder who would come and raise Jesus. Who will come and call my Lord from the tomb? It's Friday. And the tomb is sealed. And Mary goes home believing that she has seen the end. It's Friday. And Jesus of Nazareth is dead. He's graveyard dead. It's Friday. But as preacher S.M. Lockridge is famous for saying, Sunday's coming. And so early Sunday morning, the first day of the week while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb. She came thinking that the way it was on Friday was the way it would always be. That death, disappointment, and despair would have the final say. There, that day she would learn that Jesus had spoken truthfully when He said to dead old Lazarus' sister, I am the resurrection and I am life. 
It's Sunday right now. And we're here because Mary didn't have to languish in the fear and death of Friday. We're here because Mary came to the tomb expecting that it would forever remain a monument to her disappointment. And instead, she found hope. She found new life and she found a new beginning. And we're told by John that after being informed by Mary that Jesus' corpse was missing, Peter and another disciple ran to the tomb where they saw nobody and the grave clothes laying aside as if they were no longer needed. But Mary stood outside the tomb. Was she still convinced that darkness and despair was all that there would ever be? As Peter and the other disciple traveled home, she stood weeping. But Jesus came to her in her sorrow and called her by name. Mary. Peter and the other disciple saw the empty tomb. They saw the grave clothes laid aside. But Mary saw the Lord. And it was Sunday. This day. Know this, dear one. You are not abandoned to wallow in disappointment, despair, and death. Sunday has come. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. And here today, our story begins anew. As we put our faith in the greatest of hopes expressed in Martin Luther's beautiful words, listen to these, Christ Jesus lay in death-strong bands for our offenses given. But now at God's right hand, He stands and brings us life from heaven. Dear one, if you feel trapped in disappointment, despair, and death, listen for the voice of the risen Christ. In your spirit and in your heart, He is calling your name. Let the truth of Jesus' resurrection of death fill your heart. You will find peace. You will find hope. You will find life. You will find that this is not the end, but a beginning. That your despair, your death, your disappointment are not the end of you. Through the resurrection of Jesus, there is new life. A living hope and a new beginning for us all. It turns out that what Mary thought was the end was just the beginning. This day of resurrection, you and I are invited to enter into the story of healed love and healed eternal life that God is continuing to write for us, even right this moment. Believe the good news. Christ died for our sins, Christ was buried. And Christ has been raised. Christ is risen indeed. Amen and amen.